0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the 6th episode of the MindSide Performance Podcast with me, Robert Seaborn, Um, and unfortunately we aren't joined by either Dave or James Moorhen today, but we are joined by our guest, Dr. John Fernandez. Now, John's a senior lecturer at Hartford University um, in various aspects of strength condition and exercise physiology, and he's built up and beginning to build up a really nice programme of research there. Aside from that, John also does a lot of work um, based around equity, uh, equality, and diversity programs and groups, in trying to raise um, inclusion and criteria around those. He, um, he also does a lot of work advocating for mental health awareness and trying to increase the appreciation of mental health within kind of academia and wider society in general. And it's kind of this, really, these these facets of what, what, what John does that we'll be delving into during this episode. Um, for those who don't know, John also does a lot of article writing about his experiences. He's in fact written a piece for, for us at Inside Academia, um, which you can head over to our website to find it, um, and he's also written other pieces that you can head over to his Twitter page um, at Dr J. F. T. Fernandez to find the links for those. Um, john's done a lot of work raising around mental health awareness and that's really what we're going to be digging into in this next episode so stay tuned for that Um, but before we do of course we just want to say a big big shout out to our sponsors fuel hub Um, fuel hub are a healthy chef prepared meal service delivering anywhere in the uk literally directly to your door Um, the quality of those meals that they send is really outstanding Um, and it's probably like eating you know restaurant quality meals at a fraction of the price delivered literally straight to your door um, i know me and james have have used them in the past james does a lot of work with athletes and uses them for that reason um, and we really can vouch for the fact that they are they are a brilliant company delivering some brilliant brilliant food um, so really big thanks to them for supporting us on this journey as well um, and if you're interested in any more of our episodes then please do head over to to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or online. All you have to do is search the MindSide Podcast. For now, um, we are really excited to be having this chat with with John Fernandez and hope you find it um, interesting and engaging and uh, can relate to some of the stuff we speak about. So hello all and welcome back to what is um, episode six of the MindSide Podcast. Um, and I am delighted today to be joined with Dr. John Fernandez from Harper University. Um, I have known John for a, a wee while now, um, who's previously actually wrote an article for, for me at, at Inside Academia, which we were really grateful for. And kind of on the back of that and some ongoing conversations with him I've had, we were really keen to get him to come on to an episode to, to speak to us about some of the things he's faced, largely during his um, academic career um, of late. Um, so John, thank you very much uh, for joining us. It's a bank holiday today we're recording, so thanks for sparing some time on a bank holiday Monday. No, of course.
1: Uh, I, I was rather stupid and uh, booked in a load of assessments
0: with students today, so <laughs> I've been working all day anyway, so oh, that's it's my, fine. Nice one. Like, really excited to do this. Yeah, thanks for coming, uh, coming on board and uh, joining us. So as I said, like, me and you have known each other for a little while now um, and had regular kind of conversations about various parts of the academic world um the good bits and the bad bits uh but for those people out there who who aren't so familiar with kind of you and your path into where you are now do you mind just giving like a background of kind of who you are where you came from what you do and how you wound up being a senior lecturer at Harbury?
1: yes yeah, so I guess I never kind of, I never, never planned to be a lecturer, which is a bit of a weird one. I just kind of fell into it. So, I done my undergraduate at the University of Chester in Mm -hmm. Sport and Exercise Sciences, and during that time, uh, I was taught by some just fantastic people. Um, I say some; they were all they were all fantastic. (laughs) They were all just brilliant. I absolutely loved my time there. And once I would finished. Um, I realised I really enjoyed doing my dissertation. And that was probably one of the most fun bits for me. Like, all right, right sad. I had the opportunity to do a PhD there under Professor Craig Twist and Kevin Lamb. So I'd done that, uh, went straight into it. And I was looking at ageing and recovery from exercise. And while I was there, I was doing a bit of teaching as a uh, guest lecturer. And then a little while into that, I managed to get a part-time contract there, uh, doing some teaching in exercise physiology and research methods, and strength and conditioning. Uh, towards the end of my PhD, naturally, I was just looking, looking for jobs, and one came up at Hartbury. Uh, applied for that and was fortunate enough to get it. So headed down from Chester to Gloucestershire to teach across Ex and strength and conditioning and uh, really love it. love being able to teach in small groups. And alongside what I do, I'm able to do the research that kind yeah. of keeps me going as well. And just kind of progressed really. And off the kind of side of that, <clears throat> I've been able to dip my kind of toes into doing equality and diversity stuff, being mm. able to do, you know, bits of kind of mental health stuff, which uh, I'm really passionate about. Yeah. But I just kind of fell into it I yeah. guess. Um I always say it and it'll probably embarrass him but uh Jamie Highten Dr Jamie Highten uh who he taught me in my first and second year and I was like oh my god I want to be like him. <laughs> uh, and I remember telling him that. <laughs> uh but yeah. No, I think that's the the reason why I wanted to become a lecturer. Yeah,
0: that's I <laughs> think that's a powerful thing about being a lecturer or a teacher in general is there's if if you do it in a right way, you can instill kind of like, um, I don't know, like a light bulb and a passion in somebody that otherwise wouldn't have been there. And I think that's what's so brilliant about being teacher at any level, whether it's primary school, all the way up to, you know, university, you can ignite something in some somebody that probably may have gone untouched beforehand. And I, I do often, because it happened with me as well, I was the same. Like I was kind of just wandering around my university years not really knowing where i was going to go and then suddenly uh, boom there was a couple of lectures and i thought oh my god there it is that's what i want to do and it's kind of gone from there so i know exactly what you mean and i'm sure there's other people out there that, that do as well so um 100%. but yeah so it sounds as though you've got your your hands very busy with a lot of work going on um which i know there's a lot of people out there I can relate to um but I suppose that kind of leads on then really to, to what we're going to talk about today in this podcast. And also on the back of that article that you wrote uh, for Inside Academia, which is all around, um, I suppose to put it into one word, is was burnout. Um, so if anybody hasn't read that article, then I really encourage people to go and read it because it's a fascinating insight into what, what you went through and how you juggled many things and it led to you over committing as to things and, and and burning the candle at the wrong end probably um so if you if you don't mind kind of go revisiting that all again yeah. um if, if if you don't mind just kind of talking through where whether this whole burnout and fatigue and exhaustion thing really started and describing for for people what what, what it is you went through
1: yeah so to kind of start off with and off the kind of like back of that, and as I've been reflecting, I'm pretty sure I've been burnt out before, Mm. like, before then. I've just never signed off of work, got signed off of work, really. But throughout the kind of course of the year, um, I was kind of taking on more and more things. Uh, Some of them, you know, you you have to do their commitments of the job and also a lot of external, additional... What I kind of felt like with duties and I think in that article as well I reread it before this and I was like I actually described them as duties my equality and diversity duties yeah. and um and I guess that's part of the thing that I feel like I have to do then yes. um but I was taking on more and more things and I don't think that was a problem in itself but I kind of was just all the things which would help me cope mm. so you know doing my meditation uh making sure i had like a proper lunch break going for walks all those things i stopped doing yeah and <clears throat> the balance was just completely off i was working late into the night uh till like 2 3 a.m uh and just really struggling and i got to the point where <clears throat> uh i have depression as well mm. and uh stress, anxiety, depression, and burnout, like, comes in, I don't know, doesn't come in three, comes in fours. (laughs) But no, uh, I got to the point where I was just really struggling, and I remember struggling to do lectures uh, just because I was having to put on a face. Like, I was going in, felt absolutely shit, then putting the camera on because Mm. during lockdown, and then having to put on a face and act like everything was okay. And as soon as I, like, left the call, I'd be like... yeah. And I would just, like, be deflated yeah. and feel even worse. And I just got to the point where I was like, that's not right. Um, and I need to do something about it. And essentially, I just signed myself off of work. Yeah. Um, I think kind of part of it as well is, you know, after the murder of George Floyd, Yeah. Um, people were coming to people who look like me, people of color a lot more to help support with equality and diversity initiatives. Mm. And uh, not only that, but people trying to improve their understanding of things. Um, And naturally you'd go to people who experience like inequality and issues with diversity. And it's all kind of additional stuff that's, you know, Mm. not added onto your workload. Uh, And I don't mean just in a work context, but like outside of work, Mm. you know, you know, you go on social media and people are asking you things and you're like, right, well, going on social media to, I guess, relax or look for things or, you know, look for memes and funny videos and cats and all that. And suddenly you're having to portray yourself in a professional academic manner and it's more work and just essentially just an overload um, of things. And it just culminated in me burning out. I got into work, like, had to say face, done a lecture, got off it, and I was like why am I doing this yeah. I'm just in such a bad state here and by that point i had just been struggling to sleep I was only getting a few hours of sleep uh, I was taking sleeping tablets couldn't sleep um you know soaking mm-hmm. my pillow in in lavender oil and sprays <laughs> and all that stuff yeah. uh, trying to get me to sleep and I just couldn't I was like trying to exercise like more to try and like tire myself out yeah, and yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, and just nothing was working
0: you, what what sort of effect did it have on, if you don't mind me asking, on your kind of mental state really? Because I know I've been through similar sort of scenarios during my like PhD and during kind of more recent times as well. And it it, it messed with my head a bit. Like I, they're not acting out, but there was things that I'd do or I'd react to things in a way that just didn't make any sense to me. Like I was completely, I'd lost context of who i was and what i was doing really yeah so
1: with that i just became really irritable and snappy Mm. um and i I guess kind of i wouldn't say negative because i think people think it's yeah uh, people think it's bad to be negative all the time but you know some benefits (laughs) i just became hyper critical of everything yeah yeah, yeah. like and just unnecessarily critical of everything yeah and I think part of it as well is like I was just because I was working so much and doing so much stuff, I was spending less time with my partner. Yeah. And you know, uh, that downtime, that social time, yeah. uh, it helped, it's part of the, it, it's what help you, helps you with balance. And then suddenly, yeah. you know, I'm going to my partner and I'm, you know, snapping and I'm irritable and I'm going into that space not in a good mood. Yeah. Um, and, I guess you're not doing those things intentionally. It's just really hard to regulate your mood when you're that yeah, tired, yeah. when you're that burnt out. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I think if we're all in a good state, and you know, you wake up and you feel a bit shit, you can kind of get around it because mm. you have the you have the mental reserve. I guess yeah, I don't know yeah. if that's the right term, but you have the mental reserve to go actually I'm feeling a bit shit. I just you know need to sort that out today because I've yeah. got a few meetings. Mm. Let's put a smile on and you get through it. Whereas when I was burnt out, I just didn't have that capacity. No. If I felt shit, which I did for a long time, everyone would know it. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. It's also, it's basically like, you push, your, you basically you push your mental capacity to maximum for so long that when, that you fatigue it out completely and then when you need it to be able to do anything extra or to be able to, Take on anything else, there's just nothing there for yeah. you to conserve em- any light, use any mental energy to be able to, to accomplish it. So, yeah, you naturally become more stressed, more pressurized. More I don't know that it becomes like a pressure cooker, then of psychological and emotional burdens, I suppose.
1: 100%. And <clears throat> I think the way kind of my Burnout was manifesting itself. Is that um, I just really struggled to deal with the volume of things to do, and you know, people are like, "Okay, yeah, you know, write notes and you know, write a to-do list and all that stuff." and I'll do it, and I'm just look at, it, like, I don't fucking know where to start here. Yeah. It's just like you know, there's ten things. Number one's the most important, but I've just not got mm. the capacity to even start at one. Yeah, um, yeah. and you just kind of sit, or I just kind of sit there and I'd be like. What am I doing here? Yeah. Like I just can't think. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the quality of work goes down as well. Yeah. I think I was. I think I was good in the sense that I was alright when I was teaching. Like I never. I never messed anything up. Hmm. But just the quality of other stuff. Yeah. Uh, like simple tasks, administrative tasks, and stuff like that. I'd just be so bad at them, just because I just. I just wouldn't have the capacity, and you know, I just get paralysed by doing them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, I can resonate massively with that during my, my PhD where I was working exhaustive hours and got to the point where mentally and physically I was just drained. And I put on an autopilot to be exactly like you said, you put on an autopilot to, to show up. But that's about it. Like you put on a, a brave face and a smile and whatever, and you get through what you need to get through. But as soon as you, you're literally only looking at the end of it because you need to get to the end mm. to try and, like, I don't know, relax or something. But then when you get to the end of, like, giving a lecture or, I don't know, um, a block of research or your day or something, there's just something else pops up and then you've got to go again and there's just no no point can you even out the balance. And I think, I think it's the balance is the main thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And... <clears throat> um... I was speaking to someone the other day, and I'm, who was it? But I was like, it's when you when you do the stuff that you like enjoy, and you have like enough mental kind of capacity to do it, and you're able to kind of perform all your coping mechanisms mm. and that. The volume isn't so much of a factor.
0: Mm. Do
1: you know what I mean? Like right now, I've I have a load of data analysis to do, mm. and there's a lot of it, but. I enjoy doing it and mm. I'm kind of doing the right things at the moment. So actually having that higher volume of work right now isn't isn't really an issue. Like I've got a load of marking to do and all that stuff. But actually it's fine because, you know, I still made time to do yoga today and I'll meditate later and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's fine. Uh, <clears throat> but as soon as that stuff goes and the balance just isn't there, yeah. the volume just becomes so much more of an issue.
0: Yeah, it definitely it's a balance to... I suppose like you said, it's, it's a balance not necessarily to put as many hours into relaxing as you do or not relaxing, but you know what I mean? Putting the number Mm -hmm. of hours in for to relaxing as you do for work. It's more um, making sure that you've got something going on at both ends and quality time spent at both ends. um, so, So that your brain can kind of divert away from the stress of one thing and focus on something else. Um, that's certainly what I felt anyway. And I, I lost that and kind of sounds as like though you did. To, yeah. Doing that definitely training. lost that. Yeah. Definitely lost that. So at what so you said at one point it, it just something happened or you got to a point and you, you said, you're not really sure what it was, but something happened that made you realize that you can't do this anymore or, or that this was wrong and that you just had to stop. Um, yeah what what is it that you think was that trigger was it like a specific moment or was it just some sort of realization because you also said that you think look reviewing back that you've been through this burnout period before Mm. and again speaking from my own perspective i know i've i've done this whole burnout cycle many times but i also got to a point where just one trigger happened and i thought right enough is enough it's time to actually make a change or do something here Um, and i was just wondering what what it if you can work out what it was for you, <clears throat> I
1: can't. I can't exactly put my finger on it, but I kind of. I remember doing that lecture, and <clears throat> I'm pretty sure the students could tell I was a bit like fucked, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, I keep swearing it. How uh, <laughs> else to describe my mental state? <laughs> yeah, it was fucked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I think students could kind of tell. Yeah. And I remember going back at uh, the last time I was burnt out, like, maybe about, um, at that point, it probably would have been about a year before. And I'd gone into a lecture, and uh, I I'd, I'd like, something like five hours straight or something and I'd gotten into my fifth hour and I'd gotten into the room Mm. uh, and I'd walked across campus and I just sat on the table for a second Mm. and I was a few minutes late but I was like I just need to compose myself here so I just said to them like we'll start in a minute just give me a minute I just sat on the table and one of my students who was sat at the front was like are you right?" and I was like I'm just exhausted and what I kind of wanted to say was I am in such a bad way here yeah Uh, And I think that was enough that they could just tell that I was just sitting there swinging my legs, hands on the table, bent over, just going, right, I need a minute here. And one of my students just went, why don't you just go home? She's like, we'll understand. And I was like, oh. And the reality, the reality of that was, I was like, oh. She's bloody lovely for saying that I can't go now I've got to do, <laughs> <laughs> got to do the lecture, but like the, the reality is is like actually they'll understand do you know what I mean like i get I get along with my students really well, unfortunately, and you know part of the reason that I kept on going on is because I felt like i like I had to do it for mm-hmm. them,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, but the reality is, is they'll understand yeah they 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 know they know when stuff's up and I think in that moment I could probably tell that <clears throat> students realized that I wasn't in a good place and I was like yeah they'll get it hmm. and I if I don't if I don't do this now I'm just going to get into an even worse a place yeah really
0: yeah no that that makes sense it in part it sounds kind of like there's a guilt of not fulfilling your not again not duties because it you know that's not the what i think i mean but the guilt of not delivering a lecture um was kind of the thing that just made you have to stay basically when you were there in that lecture hall just knackered but the the fact that you had to go was because you needed to you needed to for their sake and that whole philosophy of guilt you know That feeling of guilt happens, I think, throughout the academic Mm. world over and over again, and I think that's one of the things that spurs this kind of burnout thing is because people get guilty when they aren't doing something, even though they're knackered, even though it's two a.m. But they they get this surge of guilt that if they don't do it, then they're letting someone down. It just means that they plough on.
1: Yeah, and. I feel like where it stems from is in academia there's so much comparison mm. there's so much like oh this person's done this this mm. person's done this you know like and all that stuff that if you don't feel like you're continually developing yourself that's a bad thing yeah. but actually there's times where you just like actually coping is just enough yeah coping is is bloody great right now yeah I don't need to I don't need to be pushing myself yeah, yeah, yeah. what is this 0 point one percent going to yeah. do for me like and in reality like when you get to 65 or whenever it is we're meant to retire probably <laughs> 75 by that time and you look back at it you're not really going to care are you yeah you're not really going to care that <clears throat> you you know mm. you stayed up an extra couple of hours to do that that yeah um I, and i think yeah it's yeah. just it's. i think it's the comparison yeah. and if you don't do this thing and you don't even, you know, advance yourself, then you should feel guilty about it. And, you know, guilt towards your peers as well. Like if you take time off that, they'll have to pick up the library. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the big contributors to fatigue and burnout, definitely. And you see it all the time as well. Um, So I think that's certainly one of the root problems in academia and undoubtedly across different industries and certainly in society as well. I think it's quite a big factor. but yeah so if we like look back then it's a good comparison I think between the times that you said that you recognized now that you had this kind of burnout or exhaustion or fatigue or whatever and you maybe didn't recognize it then or you didn't confront it or whatever versus this time that you did what do you think the biggest difference in what you did is so comparing like the times where you didn't where you went into that lecture hall and you sat yeah. there with your head in your hands for a little bit and then plowed on versus this time where you said right enough is enough i'm going to do something here what was what is the difference in the way you reacted then
1: um
0: as in sorry as in like
1: after i kind of like signed off or? yeah
0: so what was the what, what what did you do differently this time then
1: oh i just signed off work i just i had signed off work for a week and then it kind of got to the end of that, and then I was like, mm, "This isn't enough." Um, and then the doctor ended up signing me off for like, I think it was like another three or four weeks. But anyway, I was off. I was off for just over five weeks in total. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but that was the biggest thing, actually. Yeah. Just going. There's a period where I don't have to do anything. Like literally, I don't have to do yeah. anything. All I have to do is just nourish myself and that that is it and that just released all the mental burden and um i slept for so long yeah in the days after i think i had a day where i slept for 14 hours i think the day after i signed off i slept 14 hours Fine. like <laughs> i was just that exhausted yeah, yeah, yeah. right the way through i don't even think i woke up for
0: a piss like,
1: <laughs> i just I went right through um
0: so and I, sorry go on carry on
1: yeah I had like a few days where I just I just slept um and I didn't kind of force anything on myself but yeah. I was just like I just need to sleep I would just vegetate in front of the tv and eat junk food and yeah. whatever and anything goes just don't do work just recover Fine. yeah and then after that I was like okay right we need to we need to kind of like future-proof here yeah um and that was when i was like okay i know kind of meditation has helped and yoga has helped um so i started doing that and that was kind of quite hard initially because i just kind of thought it was like dead time and Mm. mind wanders and stuff but actually one of the best things from that and uh always speak to students about this now when they're like i'm stressed i'm like do some yoga send you a link um Uh, just being able to actually get your body to relax on command Mm. and it's the same thing really people do with breathing techniques like when people do the square breathing and all the wim hof stuff or whatever uh like and it's the same thing just getting your body to relax yeah trying to center yourself and actually if you're in a stress scenario you're probably not going to be able to do it unless you've practiced it before
0: yeah yeah yeah.
1: uh it's you know you you're probably not gonna be able to do that straight off the cuff so actually you know having days where you're practicing doing that and having time where like it's weird like, how often do you think about like i don't know your toes your big toe or your fingertips and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that actually sending yourself and bringing yourself into your own body mm. instead of thinking about things externally yeah like that was just mega for me
0: yeah.
1: um and then the other mega thing was getting counseling
0: oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: That was absolutely
0: brilliant. So how um, soon into, so you signed off off work and then how soon into that did you recognise it or were you advised to go for counselling or did you recognise it yourself?
1: No, so I'd had it before. Mm -hmm. Um, The last time I was burnt out, I had it and it was quite helpful. But the kind of time where I had it was at the end of the academic year. So I had it for like eight weeks and then it was like, well actually we're into summer now not much is happening Yeah. like no shit do I feel better Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and then <laughs> this time I was like right I need to find someone um, it was really impl- important to me that I found like a person of colour yeah. and so that person was like booked up for like four weeks uh-huh. so um, ended up having to wait a bit but I was like that's fine uh, he gave me like a load of resources and things to do in the meantime that would just keep me ticking over so i was doing that um but it wasn't up until so i like signed off work beginning of december went back early january and it didn't start till kind of like early feb i think okay i think that's the rough timeline yeah Yeah. like counseling but that was just so important yeah like so so important
0: um what was it sorry to interrupt what what was it about that that really was it just the fact that you had somebody to offload onto, or? Um,
1: so I have I have people around me I can offload to, yeah. like, I'll tell anything to my partner, yeah. you know, my siblings and that. Um, but I think, actually, you know, uh, my partner, my siblings, and whatnot—they're—they're they're not mental health trained. Mm. They're not counselors, yeah. and actually, having someone to go well, you know, that's not your fault. Yeah, And that was one of the things, just going, you know, it's not not your fault. Mm. Like, what you're doing is protecting yourself. Uh, you know, can you reframe these things? And just stuff I'd never thought about before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, that person is qualified to do that. Yeah. So it, it makes sense. And they're obviously very good at it. <laughs> um, so that was really helpful. And just kind of digging back into... You know some of the things in terms of like why I feel the need to to continuously work and why I feel like I have to do all these things, and that was that was really helpful. And mm. at the time, like, you know, I was doing all these extra things, and I was like, never thought for once, why am I doing this? Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, we get caught up in how many times do you hear it in academia, yeah, I've got this opportunity for you. It's oh, an opportunity. Yeah. It's like. Oh. Is it really an opportunity? Yeah, 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 do you just yeah, want me yeah. to do something? Yeah. Like, like, how much is this actually going to benefit me? Mm. And why am I actually doing it? Uh, and in the capacity of everything else that has to be done, do I really need to take on this opportunity? Mm. Uh, and that was that was really important. Um, the other thing as well was just, you know, I said like when I was burnt out, I was getting quite like irritable and angry actually uh, and <clears throat> uh, not that I'm like an angry person <laughs> I think I'm quite a happy person but like I was getting really angry with stuff Yeah. and actually you know realising that that anger is not a not an issue you're not being aggressive it's fine but just you know other other ways you can channel it other yeah, other things yeah, you can yeah, do with yeah. it and those things were just so important and I think as well you know some of that was right let's try and stop you from burning out mm-hmm. And then if you do get to a stage or you're you know you're somewhere along that continuum yeah here's what you can do to kind of sort it out mm-hmm. you can stop yourself from getting to that point yeah and you know where when nearly in june now uh so it's been like quite a few months and i've dropped down to like seeing my counselor like every two weeks now yeah. and i don't think i'll stop yeah like i just i think that you know even though i'm in a better position now Um I don't think I'll stop. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually just good to have someone to go and speak to to go, you know, this is how I handle this situation. Was this what do you think about that? They're like, Oh, you know, this is good or whatever. And they will actually, you know, just go in uh yeah, I've not got a clue what I'm doing here. What do you think? And that's actually, like, really helpful.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose it takes some of the responsibility. It sounds as though it it takes a little bit of the responsibility off of your mental shoulders, in a way. Well, that's that's what it sounds like. Um, Having just somebody there that you know is just a bit of a reassurance that if you need it, there is uh, a very, well, you know the support mechanism there. Very well, and you know it can help you. And it sounds as though that's that has alleviated a lot of the responsibility that maybe your mind already that was carrying before.
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And also, like, even when I signed off work, I don't think I was in a position to actually like like dig into some of the reasons Mm. for that stuff. Like, and also, I I know I know it's my head and my stress (laughs) and all that stuff, but like, I'm not, I've never done any mental health training, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I've, I've never done a on stress and burnout and all mm. that stuff. So, you know, actually having someone to go, you know, here are the tools to actually dig into that, yeah, yeah. you know, if I'm going to come with you along the way is really helpful.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I was just thinking there that the both the things that you said that you used, you know, this time round like you know really employing some meditation and, and yoga and stuff and going to see a counselor who talked you through kind of a bit about what you're going through mentally and uh, and what it all meant and whatever a lot it sounds as though you've done a lot of work on kind of mind gymnastics basically and from both cause the the yoga and and um, meditation stuff is all about controlling your controlling your mind so that your mind can control your body basically yeah. and being able to uh, expand the, the way your mind works and understanding how your mind works from a physical kind of perspective. And a lot of what counsellors and, and, and whatever do is teaching you how your mind works from a, a psychological perspective so you can understand it and control it better. And it sounds as though, um, whether you consciously or subconsciously knew you were doing it, it sounds as though you've kind of hit, like... Purposefully, um, gone on like a bit of a, a mental mind exploration <laughs> and, and adaptation to that type of thing.
1: Oh, yeah, I think, uh, I think I, I definitely have. Like, um, and yeah, like in terms of the exploration, you know, just being able to identify certain mm. things, you know, identify when your kind of mood changes yeah. and, you know, what those, um, I don't know if trigger is the right word, but like what those, <clears throat> I don't know, yeah, like what's going to trigger off a bit yeah, of burnout yeah, yeah. or, yeah. you know, stress and all that stuff, being able to pick up on those things. But I suppose, I've, I've never thought about it like that, mm. but actually I've done some proper like internal mental digging, Yeah, really. It, yeah, uh,
0: it does sound like it, it does sound like it. Yeah. Um, so looking back then and and reviewing kind of what you went through and and everything you've just kind of spoke about really um and obviously it's still quite new-ish um Mm -hmm. and like you said you're still seeing encounters and stuff but is there anything that really stands out for you that you think you learn about yourself um as a consequence of kind of like this whole most recent burnout thing or the whole uh series of burnouts that you've been on during your academic kind of pathway is there anything that you've learned about yourself now that you're you can use in the future basically
1: um the thing i'd probably go to and this is probably gonna sound quite arrogant but Mm -hmm. just how kind of like robust i am yeah like yeah and the reason why i say that is because i look back at it and i look at everything that's happened and i'm like that is a lot yeah that yeah. is a lot like i've actually gone through one period where i burn out and you know i guess come out clean on the other side uh and <clears throat> i've gone through another one and actually had the strength and the robustness to actually just go yeah i need to stop and take mm. time off here Yeah. yeah, yeah. um uh, <clears throat> And part of that, and going and back to the previous bit in terms yeah. of, like, the mental journey, mm. is actually, like, you know, reframing that and looking at it as it's not weak to sign off work. Actually, mm. it's really strong because things you have to deal with to actually sign off work, like, you have to be so strong to be yeah, able to do yeah. that because uh, there's so many internal struggles that go with that. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, like, just realizing actually i'm i'm quite robust
0: yeah okay and then so on, on the back of that then what so not what have you learned about yourself then but what um i suppose for a better one of a better, better word or phrase what kind of processes have you picked up on so you spoke like you do a lot of yoga meditation i know in previously when we've spoken and in your article you said you go out and walk a lot um yeah What do you think the psychological stuff behind those are? So what are the processes that you now employ psychologically? So it sounds as though you do a lot of kind of reflecting during, you know, walking and stuff. Um, Are there any real processes or techniques that you can hit on that you think have really helped you this time around?
1: So with the kind of like meditation and and yoga stuff, I guess it's just getting into the process of... Cent- you're centering yourself trying not to think externally trying not to think into the future uh, mm. trying to kind of understand where you are mentally and yeah. where you are uh like how your body feels yeah, yeah, yeah. um because i th- i guess like go- going back to the start when I was going through it, it's not until it got really bad that I realised I was becoming quite irritable. I didn't really know where I was. Okay. Uh, until, like, you kind of actually meditate and doing some yoga helps you find a baseline.
0: Oh, okay. and, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah that makes sense, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about it like a bloody researcher here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, I think that's that's kind of helped uh, So in terms of working out what, mm, what is normal, mm-hmm. like what is what is a calm state how does your body feel in this calm state you know what does your breathing feel like what does i don't know what do your toes feel like what yeah, you, yeah, yeah i don't know why I go to toes it's because they always tell you like twinkle your toes at the end uh <laughs> but yeah you know what does what does your body feel like and then you can actually quite easily pick up not only like when you feel a bit sheer or when you feel a bit tense or whatever yeah. but you can actually pick up when you feel a bit happier yeah as well okay. um i guess I guess, like, the point of going for walks was, one, exercise, you know, spending time with my partner away from everything, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, to take a few photos, but other than that, you know, don't go on your phone or yeah, anything like yeah. that. Um, and also just, like, being able to just go, actually, you know, we are on some places and you can see for miles and miles around and you know it's lovely and all that and just going actually you know how much does that extra thing matter the extra thing that I was going to do at 10 o'clock at night 11 o'clock at night how much does it matter because you know I can see over the whole of Gloucestershire (laughs) and that's pretty bloody lovely yeah and you know actually there's a there's a lot more
0: to life than me doing those extra little things uh, to help it. So it's to gain some context, I suppose, or rational thought again, I suppose.
1: You no, know, I think that's it. In the, in in a nutshell, is context. Mm. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I think that is it. It's context.
0: Yeah, uh, that's interesting. The, the bit about the um, the the use of like yoga, and meditation, and how it makes you, I suppose, more self-aware of when you're not feeling kind of right as rain you can recognize it now a lot better than before Um, and i think that's crucial because there's a lot of people out there who will be going through burnouts or even like mini burnouts throughout like a week rather than over a long stretch of like a month even during a day perhaps but having um the this yoga and meditation ritual that you have has allowed you to keep more in touch with and more self-aware of what you're feeling and how you're going through things. So you, I suppose, know when the red flags are then starting to ping up and you can act on it.
1: Yeah, like just also not having to wait till the last moment. Like I waited up until the last moment to to sign off work. Mm -hmm. I couldn't have done it any later. <clears throat> and actually you know if you are going through like mini burnouts you're having stressful periods throughout the week actually being able to pick up and identify those a lot quicker and being able to go okay lunch time here I need yeah. to take 20 minutes or whatever and go for a walk okay let me back on YouTube and do a short meditation or yeah. a short bit of yoga um, and just you know ground myself again
0: Yeah,
1: I feel I mean I don't wanna. I don't wanna. I don't want my tagline to be "I'm an advocate of, of yoga" or "I'm trying yeah. to sell yoga." Or whatever, <laughs> but it has. It has just been like amazing for me.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the whole thing sounds as though, like, everything you've spoken around sounds as like though it's really helped you gain greater context as to the, I want to say importance, but as to the magnitude of work things versus life things, and mm. whether it be through seeing a counsellor or going out walking or meditation or whatever, it's allowed you to develop kind of a greater self-awareness and greater self-context of where things in the hierarchy of importance, suppose, really sit. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, yeah, I wish I'd have known about this before I went for (laughs) about five years ago, but yeah. Yeah,
1: Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm telling everyone I can, like, anytime anyone my students like oh they get they're really stressed I'm like have you tried any meditation mm-hmm. I'll send you a five minute meditation and you know some of them find it helps yeah uh, but I w- yeah you're right like I wish i I wish mm-hmm. I'd done all this stuff earlier um I get I think we get caught up in like so much stuff externally like there's all these things you can do that you never just kind of really think about yourself
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: you never really get a baseline of where you're at yeah uh like <clears throat> everyone's everyone's trying to uh, I don't know if this sounds like really bloody Zen, but like everyone's like trying to, you know, I don't know, learn bloody R and all that yeah. stuff and I don't know, write code and all that shit. Like and actually, you know, probably what is a greater life skill is like learning about your body a bit more.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm probably,
1: uh, probably going to get a load of people who love R and code no, and giving whatnot. you flack. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: yeah. <laughs> no, but I think, I, right, I, though, I, <laughs> I think it's right though, isn't it? I think it's right. Like I've I've had this conversation before, and it, it sits just outside of academia. It hits as much as it does inside. But during your PhD or during your masters, your undergrad, even high school, secondary, whatever, at no point are you taught the importance of um balance or how to like look after your mind when you're going through some pretty ropey times or you're never taught about self-care you're never taught that it's okay to step back for a day or a weekend or a week Mm. you're never taught any of this stuff and then when you look back when you're 80 90 even if 95 years old or whatever what's going to have impacted your life more Whether it's going to be learning about the Krebs cycle or is it going to be learning about how to take, you know, time out to give your brain the space it needs to be able to recover properly so that you don't push yourself into a mental, physical and emotional hole. Like, I know which one's going to impact my life more, but we lose sight of that and we lose context of that because we get sucked into this performance-based um as an evaluation based uh industry i think yeah. that that pushes people to burn themselves out
1: uh, i agree and i guess like the reality of it as well is if you feel better within yourself you can probably learn krebs cycle a bit quicker as oh, well yeah. uh yeah do you know what i mean and you can probably learn it in more detail yeah whereas yeah. if you feel shit you're probably not gonna learn krebs cycle very
0: well no Agreed. Uh, Agreed. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I I totally agree. Uh, I think. Well, the last question we have is what 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 would your bit of advice be for either say if you jump back six years ago, or seven eight years ago or whatever, what would your bit of advice be to your former self, um, if you could float back in time and sit down next to next to him and give him a half hour pep talk, what what would that kind of look like?
1: Mm-hmm. Like, I guess, like you kind of said there, the whole thing here really is context, whether mm. that's context of, you know, how you feel in compared to your baseline or, yeah. you know, uh, context of <clears throat> where that little extra additional bit that someone's asked you to do sits within your career development. I think it's actually just taking a step back for a second yeah. and just thinking about w- w- the importance of it, how it sits within your life. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's really general, isn't it? I feel like it should be <laughs> a more profound there. But, yeah, context. Yeah. Just put things into context. Yeah. like Think about things in context. Uh, like Learn about yourself mm-hmm. as well
0: mm-hmm.
1: You know, before you go and learn, well, not before, because you kind of have to learn about Krebs cycle, don't you? Yeah. But before you go and learn about those other things, yeah, yeah, learn about yourself so you can put things into context. Yeah,
0: yeah. and just to note for exercise physiologists and biology stuff, uh, there are other cycles except the Krebs cycle. We, <laughs> we, we don't have shares in that. It's just an example. Um No, I, I mean, yeah, I think that it's been a great insight, really, into what you went through, really, and um, obviously I don't wish this, whole thing of what you went through on anybody but it sounds as though this time more than any other time you've come through it really on a positive and have learned a lot about what you went through and what effect it had on you and what you've learned as a consequence and um you know for anybody out there who is going through it now I think it's it could really help them to hear that coming from somebody who's um probably gone through you know burnout multiple times but uh, yeah I've learned a fair amount about it
1: the other thing i'd say like with that as well is like <clears throat> just don't be afraid to take time off mm-hmm. it's so yeah. important and um when when i did take time off and like i kind of afterwards was trying to you know see if i could help anyone else and i put it on twitter that you know i burned out and like i'm back now but this is what happened and I probably had about 50 messages in yeah. within the next few days of people just going, yeah, that's happened to me. Mm. Like, uh, and actually you don't realize how prevalent it is. Yeah. You think that you're the only one going through mm. it. And uh, I don't know whether it's like, you know, you, you feel there's some, there's some consolation in knowing that other people are going through it as well. As shit as that is yes. like, you know, there's actually knowing that you're not the only one and actually it's kind of not your fault. You're, just a product of a very like you know faulty system
0: yeah yeah i think Uh, that's a good way of putting it yeah i think definitely we've had a lot of people i mean just through our website and whatever we've had a lot of people who have messaged us just to say it's reading kind of even like your article the other articles listening to the podcast and stuff they've always said you know it's just it's so refreshing and relatable to hear people talking about something that i went through so much that i can resonate with and it already relieved so much of a burden that i was having because i thought i was the only one and they thought they were faulty they thought they yeah. were wrong where an actual fact like society in general or academia in general is probably the the biggest wrong part in the whole equation so yeah it, it definitely helps it definitely helps um yeah so thanks very much for whipping us through that it's been a, a great chat and Time flown by, but before you go, we always finish with like four or five quick sharp questions, and now these are meant to be one to maybe one sentence, one or two word answers, maybe a sentence at at max. Few of our other podcast guests always find that a bit tr- tricky, and they end up going <clears> on for a good paragraph or whatever. But um, they are going to be one or two two word answers or a, a sentence if you need to. Um, and there's, there's four or five of them. So we'll kick things off with the first one, which is a really nice one to start with, of what makes you truly happiest?
1: Uh, food with my family.
0: Okay. Yeah. And yeah. if you weren't in your current profession, um, what do you think you'd be doing?
1: I've got a story behind this, okay, but 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 can I give the story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because actually, it's a really nice story. Okay. So, <clears throat> I went to Trinidad and Tobago a few years ago mm-hmm. for my friend's wedding. I'm gonna whiz through this. Mm-hmm. And we're in Tobago, walking along the beach. Got to this beach, Store Bay, and uh, there's this guy like with his like stall selling souvenirs. Look round, and I'm talking to my partner. He picks up that i've got a like a english accent british accent whatever he asked me where i'm from I'm like, oh london whereabouts north london whereabouts edmonton and he was like i used to live there i'm like yeah i'm sure you, i'm
0: yeah i'm yeah, sure
1: yeah. you do yeah. you're just trying to sell me stuff and he's like no i used to like i used to work in ponders end it's not somewhere you would know but yeah i used to sell fridges there i was like what I was like, okay, why, um, like, what brought you back here? Uh, Like, why are you here now? And he's like, word for word, he was like, he's like, I didn't know sadness till I came over there. He was like, he's like, I thought that money would make me happy. This bit's not word for word. He's like, I thought that money would make me happy. He's like, but you lot just want things. He was like, here, he's like, I sit at my stall, get up four or five o'clock in the morning, like, sets up his stall he's sitting on the beach Mm. looking over the ocean he goes and gets roti curry go all that stuff fresh from the stall like next to him Mm. and he just sits talks to happy people because everyone's happy on holiday Yeah, yeah. and like his fellow like people selling stuff in stalls, and he's like i've got everything i want i'm like okay yeah yeah, that's absolutely brilliant so you know Outside of being career minded I'd probably be sat on a beach in the Caribbean <laughs> selling, <laughs> selling, selling souvenirs
0: Yeah that's a good story That's a well worth over the one or two word answer that. Yeah sorry. Very <laughs> good, Very good story Mad that he, he, he lived right uh, Or grew up right next to you though
1: Yeah the funny thing as well Is I think I know where he sold fridges as well Because uh, he
0: used to get off the bus there <laughs> Oh nice Very yeah. very small world then Yeah Very small world Okay next one then Um, this is a bit of a random one. Do you believe in natural talent or success or nurtured development?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't think I've ever thought about this. I suppose, like, nurtured development. Yeah. Uh, I think you are kind of a product of your system and where you've grown Mm -hmm. up and, and that really, uh... I don't don't know, that's a hard one. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go for the latter.
0: Okay, cool. And then last one then, and this is probably the most like, this is the one where you can go over the limit. Um, What do you think is the most critical characteristic of a successful person? Whether that's, you know, success focused on personal success or career focused.
1: They enjoy what they do. Yeah. As simple as that. I don't think or no one I know who's been in a high position, like, on a personal level, hates what they do.
0: Okay, so... It's, yeah, they, it's just, all, they
1: enjoy yeah. what they do.
0: Yeah, fair. And you, you uh, enjoy what you do? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I, lo- I love what I do. Like, I genuinely, like, my... Whether it's like teaching, research, whatever, just interacting with people. I just love it. Yeah. Like, I just love talking to people. Yeah. It's a bit. <laughs> I don't know if it's a bit sad or not, but nah, I just love it. Nah, talking.
0: it's not sad at all. It's not sad at all. Uh,
1: it just, being able to, like, the reason why I sat on the table in that scenario I gave earlier is because I teach in small groups, so quite mm. often I just kind of sit on the table, swing my legs, and we just discuss stuff. Yeah. And I bloody love that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's um, nice. I can tell you do by the smile you got on your face.
1: Yeah. 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 It's just, yeah. And just enjoy what you do. And, you know, if you don't enjoy what you do, then you need to look for something else because you don't want to spend 50 years of your life yeah, yeah. doing something
0: you definitely, don't like. Definitely. Definitely. I agree. Well, John May, thank you very, very much for sacrificing yeah. some of your bank holiday Monday to speak to us. Um, I hope there's people out there who who can, you know, listen to this and really think about what what you've been through and and how you come through the other side and what you learned about it and and take on board some of the 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 hints and the tips and the bits of advice that you you gave because um i know burnout especially in the current pandemic and current climate and whatever this idea of burnout is a huge one that a lot of people outside of academia and whatever wider society are going to be wrapped up in and there's a lot of people out there that, that need some, some help in getting through it. So um, if anybody has uh, enjoyed this, then please get in touch. We'll be glad to pass on our comments to John. Um, and uh, we look forward to, to hearing your feedback.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me on. Love doing that.
0: Cheers. No worries, mate. Well, that was the end of that episode then. Um, we normally wrap these podcasts or the episodes up with a chat between me and James um kind of reflecting on everything that that we speak about with the guest um, unfortunately obviously james can't can't join us today, but I thought I'd just share kind of the parts of of that episode with john that that really I found the most interesting you know um particularly around this 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 aspect of of real self awareness um he he hints a lot about the importance of understanding kind of Really, who we are and where we are on our our own journeys, really on an individual level, basically high, highlighting how important this idea of self awareness is. Um, this really stands out when John John spoke about um, the methods that he's begun to employ to help him through, you know, the difficult difficult moments in both his personal life um, and and career. The main one, obviously, is this meditation practice that he. Or rich, ritual that he, he practices, which really emphasizes that kind of idea of of understanding exactly where we are um, at any given moment in time. Um, for me, it kind of raises a pretty interesting point. point really, um, you know, how often do we kind of get lost with everything that's going on around us and not really take time to think about who we are and where we are? We get we get caught up in in the rat race of life sometimes and not go, give ourselves the time, um, the space, or implement any processes that allow us to properly understand how we are getting on and what we are doing at any given moment. So we kind of, uh, uh, we, we tend to lose that, lose that quite a lot. Um, you know, he also raises the point, you know, that no matter how hard we want to work to be successful, be motivated, etc., et we can only do that if we are fit healthy and happy and perhaps you know that starts by being able to properly evaluate how we are who we are and what we're doing at any given moment so maybe it does kind of come back to that importance of self-awareness um just some really interesting stuff there from john um a really really interesting chat uh, and properly enjoyed it um it's certainly spurred a lot of thoughts in my own head so i hope it has for you you guys listening out there um as we said at the beginning. John has written a number of articles about his experiences um, through his academic journey, through his personal life and stuff. One of which is actually on our website, um, at Inside uh, Academia. Um, You can can find it on there. You can also head across to John's Twitter page to find out more of his own articles um, and his own website. And his Twitter handle is at Dr. J.F.T. Fernandez. So, we really hope you enjoyed this episode um, and as always if you want to hear more please head over to Apple, Spotify and online. All you got to do is search for the Mindside podcast um, and follow the pages through to find all of our other episodes. We really really do appreciate all the support you guys have given us so far. Um, it's been kind of exceptional to see how many of you have rallied behind it and just enjoyed uh, the, the episodes and the feedback we've got so far has been, been brilliant. Um, and on that note, any any more feedback, we really do appreciate it. Any likes, shares, you know, retweets of the the episodes really does mean a lot to us. Um, so for now, until next time, uh, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we hope you come back for more.